today I'm going to jump off of our um, series on David. We've had seven messages on David so far, and we've got a few more to go. But I'm going to jump off of that just for today, and um, we're going to do something a little bit patriotic today. I said, well, this is a good day to bring this in. If you want to use your Bibles, we're going to be in Psalms, the 85th chapter, and we're going to use verses 1 through 13. Now, I normally do not use the, the old King James version of the Bible, but occasionally, about once or twice a year, I do that to kind of make everybody happy. Um, usually, I'll use the New King James or the American Standard or the NIV. Those are the ones that I go to for most often. But today, we'll use the King James. And uh, verses 1 through 13, we'll read. I've got it printed there in your outline. It says, Lord, thou hast been favorable unto thy land. Thou hast brought back the captivity of Jacob. Thou hast forgiven the iniquity of thy people. Thou hast covered all their sin. Selah. Now that word selah, that's a musical term, you know, um, stuck in there. Thou hast taken away all thy wrath. Thou hast turned thyself from the fierceness of thine anger. Turn us, O God, of our salvation, and cause thine anger toward us to cease. Wilt thou be angry with us forever? Wilt thou draw out the, thine anger to all generations? Wilt thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? Show us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us thy salvation. I will hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace unto his people and to his saints. But let them not turn again to folly. Surely his salvation is nigh them that fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. Mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Truth shall spring out of the earth, and righteousness shall look down from heaven. Yea, the Lord shall give that which is good, and our land shall yield her increase. Righteousness shall go before him, and shall set us in the way of his steps. Now this 85th Psalm here, it's often used in, as a resource for revival preaching, but often overlooked. One of the things that people overlook in this passage of Scripture is the fact that as a prayer song, it is patriotic in nature. And I want you to see that side of this passage of Scripture today. The individual um, believer, the church, and the nation lives or dies by revival. And I want you to understand that since we're living in a fallen state, without a recovery process, we would eventually erode. We'd be in a heap of trouble if there was no way to recover when we make mistakes here. But we can be very grateful that God instilled a process whereby we can be... Um, rejuvenated or we can be given new hope we can given strength to go forward in spite of our failures in other words God has provided us a way out of our failures here and that process is termed revival in the scripture now let's go back to that very first phrase you know this is often used for a revival passage in preaching I've used it myself there but oftentimes overlooked is the fact as a prayer song, it's patriotic in nature. And I want you to notice some things about that. Notice verse 1. Lord, thou hast been favorable unto thy land. 
And then in verse 12, Yea, the Lord shall give that which is good, and our land shall yield her increase. Especially notice verse 9 here. Surely His salvation is nigh them that fear Him, that glory may dwell in our land. Now when you read this passage of Scripture, you know, you've really got to say that the psalmist here, he's talking about his homeland. You know, here he pleads for divine favor and genuine revival. But the point that we should be careful not to miss is this, that he was asking for revival for his land. He was asking for revival for his country. And so it's bigger than just an individual Revival that we may have in the church or ourselves. But he was asking for revival for the whole place, the whole area there. Now we often think of the, 20, uh, the 85th Psalm as applicable to individual or, or church revival, and it is. But only secondarily in this passage of Scripture. Primarily, this was written to express a desire for uh, a, a national Revival, And this patriotic song, it encompasses at least three precepts of, of a national revival. And the first one is in verses 1 through 3, and that's thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. The second one, in verses 4 through 8, is turning. And then in verses 9 through 13 is truth. We'll start off with number one. Now today, we Paul, or tomorrow... You know, we pause to thank God for His blessings on America. And we should. You know, you see, God is by large the, the primary reason that America is such a great nation. And we are so enjoying the tremendous liberties that we value. And I think all of us can understand America is a great nation. And sure, we're thankful for our founding fathers and for the thousands upon thousands of patriots who sacrifice to make this land free, make it prosperous, and second to none in liberty. But one thing we should never, ever forget, and that is the fact that the original instigator of liberty is still the Lord Himself. And we should never forget that. I know 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 17, it says, Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And I, I just think that's it just fits so wonderful with this time of the year that we're in. This patriot who wrote this Psalms, perhaps it was David, maybe it wasn't, but it sure sounds like David here. He says this in verse 1, Thou hast been favorable unto the land. Now can you make that comparison with today? Has the Lord been favorable to us? Amen. Amen. You're right. You know, there was a preacher. He said this, he had, a habit. he had a habit every year, around this time of the year, he would read several books on American history, and it, you know, and um, so he's talking about, he said, last week, he said, I read one on the Transcontinental Railroad, you know, and one on the space program. He just gets in that mood this time of year, and he said, you know what? He said this, he said, whether you're reading about the wide open spaces and the resplendent natural resources of our land, as the builders of the Transcontinental Railroad witnessed in the 19th century America, or the technological marvels of the 21st century evidenced by the space program, he says, you've got to agree that America has been singly blessed in the history of the world as a nation. Do you believe that? Amen. 
I do too. That's one thing that's okay. That preacher, he's right on. He got it right. Now, I didn't make that statement for us, you know, to encourage us to just stick out our chest and in pride, although we feel like we could because we're proud of what our nation is. Rather, I said that to encourage each of us to lift up our hands in praise and adoration to God who singly blessed us. That is something we should never forget. Of course, we're not the only people blessed and used by God, but as Americans today, we should never forget to thank the one who is most responsible for our nation's greatness. Amen? the holiday of Independence Day in the United States, it should be a time of thanksgiving to God. Now, I know and I understand that we have a national thanksgiving holiday in November, and certainly that's appropriate. But I believe that we've been so blessed that we can't thank God too much. You see, second verse, the psalmist talks about forgiveness and and sins covered. And he highlights, you know, and he highlights God withholding his wrath on his country in verse 3. And they're wonderful blessings to be thankful for. And if you somehow are unable to think of others, you can think of this one here. You know, an old issue of Christianity Today. There was an article in there, and, and it was an old article, and things have even gotten worse today. But it was an old article pointing out the law in Saudi Arabia you know, that makes it illegal for the gospel of Christ to be shared or to listen to someone who's talking about Jesus. It's illegal to do that, and the crime uh, is punishable by hanging. And when they hang those guilty of breaking this law, they leave them hanging for three days. That's to point out to everyone they mean business. No, you don't talk about God, you don't preach about God, you don't listen to someone who's talking about God. And you know, when you read something like that, you just got to say to yourself, you thank God for a land like America where we have the freedom of speech and freedom of religion. Don't you thank God for that? These blessings of liberty are the result of God's presence in our past, in our present, and we hope in our future. You know, America has been brought back time and time again by divine favor through wars, through hot and cold, and through growing pains and financial disasters, through acts of terror um, internally and externally. And you just got to believe that it's been because of the good grace of God that has kept us safe and solvent as a nation. All the things we've gone through, you've just got to think we made it through it. And it was because of the good grace of God. Now the psalmist, he doesn't just stop with thanksgiving. His awareness that his nation's blessings are a gift from God causes him to cry out in repentance, which is the second criteria for revival, either personal or national here. This crying out for repentance, in verse 4 it says, see the word turn us. Turn us, he said. And that Hebrew word literally means turn back. What that means. Turn us back to you, God, was the prayer of this patriotic, penitent singer of this song. Um, Verse 6, revive us again. You know, the use of the word again 
it indicates that a previous state of blessing and closeness with God that needs to be recovered. In other words, bring us back to that again. Help us to get back to where we once were as a nation. And folks, I think that that's one that should be our prayer today, that we should get back to where we once were, a godly, godly nation. Um, verse 7, the first part of verse 7, show us thy mercy. You know, God has been merciful to this nation. And if you believe that, say amen. amen. Yes. Since 1973, Supreme Court decision, we have been legally allowing millions of innocent pre-born babies to be slaughtered through abortion. We deserve to be judged for this horrible atrocity, a crime that is just as bad as what Hitler or Stalin did in their attempts to annihilate the Jews and the Christians. But too bad people don't see it that way. And if those of us who know the truth about this issue, if we ever stop speaking out against it, I fear God's hand of mercy will be lifted. Now just recently, I know we've just been given a great victory in this area. But let me tell you something, the battle is far from being over. It's fixing to heat up like you've never seen it before. Um, the truth of the matter is, if Christian America had been on guard doing their duty, we should have never allowed that to go that far in the first place. So now we're trying to catch up. We're trying to undo something that we allowed. And we should not do that. You know, we should have never allowed that. You know, we're not saved by our military might neither by our technological genius or even our great uh, prosperity and, and uh, free enterprise. As wonderful as those things are, and I'm not putting down any of them because they're all wonderful, but Jonah says in his second chapter in verse 9 that salvation is of the Lord. It always has been and it always will be. So really, a proper way to celebrate our independence is to pray with the psalmist here that God will help our nation turn from the things that displease Him. We need to do that. And this begins on an individual basis. This begins with me, and it begins with you. Galatians, the fifth chapter in verse 1, it says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. The legalists of the Galatian churches at this time, they were trying to get believers to add steps to the salvation process. So Paul, he reminded them that they were already free in Christ without the law keeping. But Paul also warns us in the 13th verse of that same chapter, he says, For brethren... You have been called unto liberty, only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Here's the deal here. We are free in Christ, but we're not free to do anything we want. You see, um, that's not liberty, that's license. And God does not promote licentiousness. He just does not. You know, if you have been doing what you've been wanting to do and not doing what God wants you to do, you need to pray with the psalmist, turn us. Turn us back to doing what you want us to do, God. 
And that should be our prayer. Turn us to, back to doing what God wants us to do. Every person in this nation that's a Christian ought to stand up and say that. Others ought to stand up and say that too because they've gotten off track. And folks, that's what American believers should be praying every day. Number three, revival and patriotism not only have to do with thanksgiving and, and turning, they also have to do with the truth. The psalmist, he mentions truth in verses 10 and 11. Mercy and truth are met together in verse 10. You know, thank God for His mercy on our land and understand that mercy never comes at the cost of truth. Never. And liberty, certainly it has a cost, but it's not selling out the truth. Folks, hear me on this. We must continue to be a nation and a people that stand for the truth. So many people, especially in our leadership of this country right now, um, every time they open their mouth, it is not the truth. It's like they, they tell the truth 1% of the time and 99% of the time is a lie. And sometimes they'll say the right words, but they say it in such a way that makes it a lie. I used to say those kind of things to my dad. I would say the right words, but it was misleading. And one thing he taught me when I was young, he said a willing deception is a lie. And we're willing to deceive a lot. And we need to wake up and look at those, those things. Um, verse 11, truth shall spring out of the earth. You know, when we practice thanksgiving and when we practice turning, we will have a better grasp of God's Word. And let me tell you something. It's difficult to see the truth when your heart is dirty. It's difficult to see the truth when you're fighting the pains of, of a guilty conscience there. The movie Insomnia. I didn't read it, but I read this description of it. I didn't see the movie, but I read the description. In the movie Insom Insomnia, um, actor Al Pacino, he plays the role as a Los Angeles detective who goes to Alaska to help solve a difficult homicide. And the entire time he is there, he suffers from insomnia. And there's a hint at first that his inability to sleep was caused by the nearly 24 hours per day of sunlight being experienced in that part of Alaska at that particular time. But as the plot um, progresses here, um, we see it's more of his conscience rather than the light that is keeping him awake. You see, years earlier, he had um, falsified evidence to convict a criminal who he knew was guilty of a heinous crime. His indiscretions of, was about to come to light through some internal affairs investigation. So he tries his best to just cover it up. But as often is the case, the more he tries to cover it up, the bigger the mess gets. And folks, that is the same way with us. When we sin and the more we try to cover it up, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Proverbs 28 verse 13 tells us this. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Listen, mercy comes when a man accepts the truth about himself and his sin. We've got to say, yes, I accept the truth. I am a sinner. I have a problem in this area 
or whatever. Mercy comes to a nation from a revival of the truth as well. Question this morning, would you come to God today in truthfulness, you know, about yourself? Or would you come to Him and ask God to use you to stand up for the truth in this nation? Our nation needs strong Christian people to stand up for what is morally right and stand up for what God said in His Word. Our country was founded on those kind of uh, precepts. And we've gotten away from it. You know, the experience of revival in our land will begin one person at a time. And I hope it begins with you and me and other of our brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, the Lord was talking to David's son, Solomon. I'm going to tell you this. I wasn't going to tell you, but I'm going to tell you this. When I mentioned the word Solomon, this was just cute. You will appreciate this. Valerie was in junior church talking about Solomon and talking about how Solomon asked for wisdom. And that was the, the lesson there. And, and she had gone around and, and asked each of the, the kids if, if you could only ask for one thing, what would it be? And she got a variety of different answers after this. And she asked Bowen, you know, if you could ask for one thing, what would it be? And he didn't answer her. And she went on a little bit and she said, Bowen, have you thought of anything yet? You know, can you answer this? And Bowen just turned around and just looked her right straight in the eyes and just stared at her for a minute and said, wisdom. <laughs> and Valerie just, well, of course. Well, that's a very good thing. You know, if you, if you ask for wisdom, when you grow older, you'll know things to do. And when you get to be like your daddy, you'll know things from right and wrong and know how to do. And he goes, I don't want it then. I want it now so I'll know what my sister's thinking. <laughs> that was, that was, pre she told me that and I couldn't get over. I, I just like, that was cool. That was good. And, uh, he wanted to know, oh, no, what his sister was, was going to do. That's what, I want to know what my sister's going to do. That was it. But I can appreciate, appreciate that. Well, anyway, the Lord is talking to David's son here, Solomon. And here's what he said. He said, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Folks, if we really care about our nation, then we need to get everybody we can to be obedient to that verse right there. That's what the Lord said. And folks, we do that. That is real freedom. That is real freedom. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you so much for your instruction and your word, for teaching us how to live as an individual, as a church, as a nation. Father, we just pray that the land that we live in would turn back to you. I know it's going to be a fight. I know it's going to be hard. But we pray that you will bring us leaders to help us do that. In Jesus' name.